Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast. Hopefully, uh, it will podcast everything this week. Uh, unlike uh, our last podcast, it didn't go to iTunes uh, or to Spotify, so we apologize for that. Uh, there are only certain things that we can do in this world, and uh, telling Apple major billion-dollar corporations, we can't really tell them what to do. So, uh, sorry for that. Hopefully, that will all be fixed this week, and uh, we welcome in from uh, San Antonio, Eddie Radosevich and Bob Prisbillo, who have been down covering practices and press conferences uh, leading up to Wednesday night's Alamo Bowl. And I guess, you know, I'm flying blind here. I, I, I have so many questions for you guys. Uh, first off, just getting to go out and, and see a little bit of practices, what has that been like? Just just seeing the, I don't know, the has it been strange? Has it been weird with the coaching makeup out there? Just real quick before we start, uh, I just wanted you to know that we, the last podcast is not up, Gary. I don't know if anybody brought to your attention. <laughs> it is up. It's just not up on iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> yes, I did fight with people last night on the message. Why, I did, why did you not I just put it up? I making sure. I didn't know if you had become aware yet. All right. I'm going to, you all are going to Chile. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's been uh, it's been weird. I mean, Bob, you were out there for two days. I only went out there on uh, Monday, so it was it was a short period. But at the same time, it wasn't too bad. I, I think it's it, it is kind of weird that there are some very unfamiliar faces out there. I guess is probably the best way to say it. Yes, you're looking at jersey numbers that you haven't seen before, and you're not sure if they coincide with the guy who was supposed to have that when the season first started but the yeah i mean all what's weird is you, you hear about all the oregon issues and then when you go out there for OU, it doesn't really feel like there's anything to be concerned about and i i don't know if that's the the bob stoops factor is like those guys really want to play hard for him this one this one last time or or what it is but the guys that are there, they feel like they're locked in. Now, they might just be saying all the right things, and we find out Wednesday they, they don't care. But it <laughs> appears like they are ready to roll. And that's usually how it happens. Like, everybody says the right thing, and then they get out there in the game, and you're just like, yeah, they're not into this. Like, the other team scores a couple of you know quick scores, and all of a sudden it's just like, okay, well, that's it. But, it, I mean, it, yeah, the one thing. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say the one thing that I don't think will be a problem for Oklahoma is like the motivation factor. I think that there is some type of pool just as far as playing for Bob, playing and ending kind of this bullshit season the right way. It, it is kind of interesting, like as, as many parallels as there are 
with the way that, you know, Oklahoma and Oregon lost their coaches at the end of the season. At the same time, the kind of the mass exodus that people expected in Norman didn't happen, but yet it did happen in Eugene. Also, uh, this is uh, Inside Radio. I would move further away from each other at this point, Bob and Eddie. Uh, I was going to say, it's bugging me a little bit. (laughs) They are both on Skype in the same hotel room. Uh, I imagine Pearl would want none of Bob doing his show uh, in their room. You got it. Um, and you're going to SeaWorld today? Is today SeaWorld Day, or has there already, is is that has happened? It is indeed. This is SeaWorld Day. We are fired up. Oh, God. You, you are from, your, your family is that family that lives for special days like today, like Disney World, SeaWorld. Absolutely. This is the Super Bowl. And it should be, it should be noted that I offered Scoop HD services to come along and document (laughs) the entire trip, but I think it was turned down. 100% 100% I, it would have been turned out. 100%. Yes. Um, and this is why Bob is a better father than I am, because I'm like, I hate all of this. I hate all of it so, so much. I, I don't mind SeaWorld. Like, Disney, which, you know, unofficial news release, probably looking at that again this spring, and it makes my skin crawl. Like, I'm like, I don't want to do this at all. It's the worst. I hate Disney. SeaWorld I'm totally cool with. That's fine. I don't think I would mind. I didn't really mind like when we went to Disney World for the Rose Bowl. Like that wasn't that big of a deal to me. It was kind of cool. Land was that? Wasn't that land? That's land. Disney land. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> hey, there's but, only one reason I know. But like, like that wasn't so bad. Like right now, I would want nothing to do with shoulder to shoulder people everywhere. Just I don't. I just don't like getting sick. Carrie, your nightmare, I think, is the Riverwalk because it's yes. mariachi bands everywhere. Like every restaurant has its own mariachi. Oh yeah, band. it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, Barry Trammell and I were eating dinner one night, and I told the mariachi band to go away, and he looked at me like I had just shot a baby in the head. <laughs> See, you guys are living the good life. I'm usually down there, and I will be down there the next week when they've drained that thing and it stinks to high heaven because it's just like fungus that's starting to dry and die. It's just uh, cell phones it's, and it's, bicycles everywhere. Yes, it's, it's just disgusting. The whole, you don't want to be anywhere near the Riverwalk for that whole week. So, uh, I mean, what I have noticed, guys, is that there seems to be a ton of OU fans in San Antonio for this game. Or is that, yeah, is mean, that just the pep rally made it look more than it was? I... Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it'd probably be better just to say there are a bunch of OU fans, but I think that I literally haven't seen an Oregon fan. Like the Oregon media <laughs> contingent was three people strong three people. this morning. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's so weird. And, you know, obviously with, you know, Oklahoma being kind of a regional pro or, you know, being closer to Norman than Eugene, obviously, uh, and a lot of Oklahoma fans down in this area throughout, you know, Texas and DFW, uh, it, it, there are a bunch of fans. I think that there's, there is a certain level of juice just as much as the players with the fans, maybe even more so with the fans, uh, as far as seeing Bob back on the sideline. And it's like, you guys know, like covering college football playoff, it's, it's just a different atmosphere down here than it usually is. It's a very laid back atmosphere as opposed to, uh, you know, a CFP game or even a Fiesta Bowl or a cotton bowl when everybody's just a little bit more on edge. It's kind of like, 
Yeah, the the scoreboard's the last thing that people are going to care about. Now, I know that will change at 8.20 tomorrow, but uh, as of right now, it, it's just been a very laid-back atmosphere. Yeah, I would say... Even, even Bob Stoops. I mean, you had yeah. Pat Field tell us. They negotiated their curfew. Like, I mean, it's just it's a different vibe here. And I, I think what you always have to remember about these, these bowls is you feel like you fall into it. You don't play your way into the Alamo. You lose a championship game and fall back into it. And if you're Oregon, you've done that. You've lost your coach. It and yeah, I haven't seen like one you know green shirt here so far that for for the Ducks, but it it just it makes sense. This is one of those bowls that you know you didn't you know make this surge to get there. You had greater expectations and you fell way beneath them. Well, let's face it, we're from Oklahoma too. Um, if you're from oh, yeah. Oregon, you're probably afraid to leave your house. I mean, just. I, 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 the precautions that are taken the further you go out west, are just it's just life. It's just the way things are. So I'm sure a lot of Oregon people don't want to travel right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. You know, like some of the and that's why Pac-12 is not a real football league. Oh, that's why that's not like a real part of the country. Just eliminate them completely, blow it off the face of the earth. Okay. Not literally. Not literally. Just deleted like, for politics. <laughs> no, it it is interesting though, Carrie. Like I, you know, and 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 listening to like Brian Odom talk this week and Kale Gundy talk this week, like it's kind of a cool look into how excited they are just to be able to call their own plays. Like I, I mean, when Kale Gundy throws out the name Watson Brown yesterday, talking about like that was the last time that he had called plays in a practice setting. It's just it's it's fascinating to me, like what this team's going to look like. Uh, what and what we've been familiar with over the last seven years. It let you know that Kale Gundy is a man who is now in his fifties. Basically, when you start invoking the name Watson Brown, like wow, that's a lifetime ago. I completely forgot that he had been, he even spent time at UAB, let alone uh, coach running backs and wide receivers down there, or quarterbacks, one of the two. How many people? Uh, I guess how many people are making the decision to? Continue to listen to the pod and Google who the hell Watson Brown is. <laughs> and if he's any or, relation or, to Mac or, Brown. Or pausing. Yeah, exactly. They're like, Watson Brown, that seems sort of familiar. He Mac was, and Mel's brother. He was uh, OU's offensive coordinator back in the day. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, okay, so you guys kind of mentioned it. Has it gotten, I mean, like, I think there was a point where Bob was like, yeah, this is all very weird. Like, has it gotten less weird now as you really yes. get the feeling like you know there's going to be a game? Yes, and that's you give credit to the Oregon coaches the last two two days. Started defensive coordinator yesterday saying, I don't care what 11 I've got, I'm putting them out there. Then uh, Brian McClendon today, like, okay, we're going to be down, guys. That's fine. We still want to play because – what it felt like when we were going to the OU press conference yesterday is that not only was Oregon down players, they didn't want to play. Like they were looking to try to get out. And after hearing the coaches, it's like, well, I mean, maybe inside the locker room there's some guys that don't that don't want to go, but they're given the impression that they actually do want to play this game. Like they're not putting this putting this out there like, oh, we're down this many guys to foreshadow when they post when when they cancel and so it's like that's just the fact of the matter of where the, where they're at but we're still going to give you everything we got come wednesday night 
There, it, there was growing sentiment around like 130 yesterday. It was like, is this game going to even be played? And I think by like 3, 3.30, even closer to maybe 4 in the afternoon after uh, Oregon got done with their availability setting, it was like, okay, I think unless something drastically bad happens and unless – uh, you know, they get popped with a bunch of COVID tests uh, in the next 24 hours. I think everything's going to be pretty good. We could send you guys to the Barstool Bowl. I mean, you know, if this fell, falls through. They, it, everything is just so weird with, like, these teams that have basically uh, They're bowl hopping. People are bowl hopping. It's like they're bowl going – they're mercenaries. <laughs> they're going to the highest bidder now. If their game gets canceled, like, is there another payout that's better than this one? Let's go to that one. And sending I, Eddie you know, to I, the bar stool would be like sending Baker to the Rose Bowl several years ago. Like, he's never coming back. He's never coming back <laughs> to Norman. You'll never see him again. Isn't it? Uh, I don't, I don't think it? I'd fake a flu and then uh, get married to a, uh Instagram <laughs> celebrity, though. Fake a flu. That was I totally wow. forgot about that. He was sick. You. Baker and Eddie, I feel like they're on the rocks right now. It's just it's it's weird weird real estate. Yeah, it's been surprising that uh, Eddie has not wholeheartedly supported Baker. Well, I don't think we're going to get to the uh, the over win total this year, so it's just money out of my pocket. Maybe Baker will pay you back. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, it's definitely going to hurt. My, my other, my other guy, Kyler Murray, plays for a loser ass head coach. I mean, it's just, it's in shambles right now. My life's in shambles. <laughs> uh, okay, so one of the things that everybody's kind of tried to get a gauge on this week is uh, where Caleb Williams is at, um, and it seems like you know everybody still is clinging to the. Well, it's good that he's here. Hopefully, he comes back. Is that kind of the, the the vibe that you've gotten for most people this week? Yeah, and he was at the rally yesterday, you know, talking like he's going to be back. I, I guess I still think he's going to announce something. I think he knows, you know, he's smart enough. He's business savvy enough. He has been, him and his family have been the entire time to know what that would generate, what, what that would mean. But you, you almost, you talk to other players, it's almost as if, no announcement is needed because they feel like he's he's coming back and it's huge of a shock is a little bit Lincoln Riley leaving. I almost feel there's some people that'd be not as shocked, but it'd be pretty shocking if Caleb left after everything that he's been through this last month and still feeling like connected to the group. It's not like he's there, but he's not there. It feels like he's been all in with every activity that they've that they've gone through. And then if, you know, we find out Thursday morning when we're driving home, oh, I'm hitting the portal, like, that that would be a crushing blow. It, You know, Carrie, I don't think it's come up as much as I kind of thought that it might. And I guess in a way we've only had, like, two official uh, settings, and one was with the defense and Brian Odom, the other was with Kel Gundy, but it, it didn't even come up. It hasn't been, it hasn't been talked about uh, by players as much. I mean, Marvin Mims talked about he wanted to be back in Norman, which I thought was kind of weird just as far as like, I don't know why he just didn't say like, I will be back instead of I want to be back. You can kind of interpret that however you may. Uh, Tyrese Robinson, you know, Bob asked him about coming back uh, yesterday and he, he basically kind of put it off until uh, he hasn't made a decision. But at the same time, like there's just so much stuff. And even at, like when we talked about in, in the 
weeks leading up to, uh, you know, today, it's just like, there's nothing that is indicated that Caleb wants to get out or, or move. And, you know, he's, he's met Levy, he's met Brent Venables. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people thought the Elise coming back out of the portal was, uh, you know, good news one way or the other, you know, does the Dylan Gabriel stuff with UCLA mean anything? I just like, I know that he is acting behind the scenes. Like he is going to be back during the spring. Uh, you know, does that mean he's absolutely 100% coming back? Of course not. I, I guess we have to wait and, actually hear it from his mouth but at the same time there is nothing out there uh you know that has come across my radar that makes me think that he's not coming back and i would even say that you know he's he's acting with nil partners as if he's going to be back in the spring so it's i i don't know i right now i almost think that it's not even a story even though it is okay so here's a question for you um you mentioned theo wheeze has he been practicing with the team? Is he going to play in this game? No, no. He he is not in the mental state of mind, according to his source, that he is definitely – he's ready and willing for 2022, but there is no way he was physically mental – well, physically it actually did feel like he was okay, but mentally he was not in a uh, frame of mind where he could be practicing at the last minute and then start start playing with the team. Okay, and I guess we should. So he, I, mean, I mean, essentially, you you do have an opt out on offense in Theo Wees, technically. In uh, a way, yeah. I guess. I guess yeah. so. because he yeah. he is healthy because he's been going through game warm ups and with a month right. off. Yeah, physically, he he should be okay. That shouldn't be the concern. I don't think that is the concern. I just know that because of some things that have happened here with the family situation in the last month or so there he, he just wasn't in that frame of mind where you could just turn it on and start start going to play football and i, I yeah, don't think uh, that it's like anything people shouldn't read into that it's not like he's pissed off at oklahoma or anything like that exactly Correct. Correct. exactly i didn't want anybody to take that the wrong way and think it was some bad deal he's got some family stuff going on that it, that is completely understandable it has been weird uh because you have seen people uh, and I did not expect this. And I, I told people like, yeah, no, if you're in the portal, you're not playing in a bowl game. Why else would you in the portal? But you've seen these other teams playing and guys that are actually in the portal are playing in the bowl games for their teams. It's bizarre. Yeah. Emory yeah. Jones did for Florida, right? I I think that's correct. Yes. And I, I mean, one of the schools he's apparently looking at is UCF, the team he was <laughs> playing against. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> Got to get stuff on film, man. Ah, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, it is it's not audition. often you get to make an in-person it's, it's evaluation. An it's an audition. Well, I think that's the thing that it comes down to. We, we talk about opt-outs. For most of those guys, they've got pretty good film. Like, they, they're not going to put anything extra on film. I mean, I think Para Winfrey could have had a better, you know, he didn't have the film that you would want probably this year. But like Nick Benito and Isaiah, like I don't know how much else they could put down on film uh, that would impress, you know, that would change the th- what their draft stock actually is. I think for them, their only improvement comes in the combine and personal workouts. Do you Who think are the that's guys the going into part? tomorrow night that could improve? That like could it? And I know that we've kind of talked about this on the board, but like could a Brayden Willis or a Jalen Redman or a Tyrese Robinson? Guys that can come back, would they? Could they take advantage of a one bowl game scenario to improve what their situation is going to be? Uh, I, I could just, see it for Redmond. That that's really the one that I think has enough upside that he could be that dominant. 
like to have that kind of night. But I, I mean, even still, I still think he'd be best served to come back and kind of be the focal point next year rather than, you know, kind of, you know, deciding to go early and maybe being a secondary guy. You know, oh, that other I guy think on the Oklahoma defense, or offensive, uh, defensive line. My read from Isaiah is that if he, you know, because he did miss all those games, that definitely he doesn't have enough film, wants to come back and put it on tape. Uh, and and I don't think one game, I mean, I mean, who knows? I mean, it would have to be one hell of a game. And, you know, I would never say it can't change, but right now I think the plan, you know, I don't think, I know the plan is for him just to come back next year. Um it would have to be something I think miraculous. Is, I think Brady Willis is interesting because, well, all season on his pod with Jeremiah Hall, he, this is his last season. This is my last, you know, home games. You know, my last everything. And all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, like, oh, I still haven't made made up my mind. And if he has a good game, does that convince him that it's time to go, or does that convince him that he's got a great year in him for 2022, and that he realizes? He would be the leader in that room. Yeah, you brought Dan, uh, Daniel Parker in. But it's going to be more of a blocking guy, and you've got the two freshmen. But you know, I'm sort of intrigued how Willis had not walked like walked it back, but he's. It sounds like he's really evaluating instead of he was so dead dead set on saying this is my final year throughout the course of the year. I wonder how much of that is just having discussions with Joe Jordan, and having discussions with Jeff Levy as far as what his role could be in an offense. Uh, you know, not only in the bowl game, who, you know, really outside of, you know, Jeremiah Hall, but I, I mean, he's going to be kind of a, I, I would imagine a big target for Caleb Williams on Wednesday night against Oregon. I wonder how much that is them saying, hey, come back, put together a really good season in 2022 and you could really help yourself. I mean, he's the one guy that I, I think out of everybody on that team, when you talk about talent that hasn't been realized to me he's he's if he's not at the top of the list he's top three I just think there's so much there with him as an athlete that we haven't seen I do too or maybe 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 there's not I mean maybe he would have shown it by now if there really was that much talent that entire H-back room is is fascinating to me to a certain extent because I think at the beginning of the year when we're doing like a season preview and we're talking in August about like what this offense is going to look like, Braden Willis and Austin Stogner and Jeremiah Hall were three guys that I think we all thought were going to have massive seasons. And obviously, you know, I think Stogner took a little bit of a step back, never got to back to, uh, you know, what I think people thought he was going to be. Uh but at the same time, they they did flash. They just that that whole group never really came together this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just it 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 was a weird year for them, and and I think that goes along with Spencer Rattler, you know, having a weird year, uh, not being as productive, and and I mean, let's face it, there's a reason Austin Stogner's gone because things did not work out for him this year, and outside of Jeremiah Hall, you really can't say it worked out for anybody. Yeah. Well, TBOW just game planning him out of the fucking game. Too busy looking at houses on Zillow in Manhattan Beach. He was busy planning for all those transfers out to USC. Now they're all headed that way, I guess. Evil plot. Just the wrong, the wrong USC. It got lost in translation. 
<laughs> yeah, it turned out they actually liked Shane Beamer more than they liked Lincoln Riley. That's a fact. Which I can see. Oh, ex- I, I can see that why. Seems, mm-hmm, that seems Shane Beamer's cool. actually a good human being. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fun to be around. Like, I think so, uh, you yeah. don't question <laughs> if he's a good dude or not, or you know, even who he is. Like Shane Beamer's just Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer seems like a like the classic. I definitely have a beer with that guy kind of dude. So Lincoln Riley's like, does he have an on and off switch? Is he a, is he a, like a android or something? Yeah. Is he a robot like that? He just he was so stiff personality wise. Um. Okay. So, what do we think defensively missing those guys? how much that's going to have an impact or do we think, let me ask you this. What's more likely that you watch this game Wednesday night and you come away saying, why didn't more of these guys play on the defensive line? Or do you come away saying, okay, that's why they didn't play as much on the defensive line. Go the latter. I, 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 I think, you know, maybe Jordan Kelly, maybe Reggie Grant, maybe those guys can, have a like a flash or two, but you're, you're going to understand why, you know, those the starters were the starters and why that rotation shrunk as we got to the last month of the season. I am excited. There's just there's two. There's two obvious ones. It's Clayton Smith because Caleb Kelly's gone, Benito's gone, so there's only Stripling and Clayton Smith unless Brendan Walker is really ready to start playing that position again. And then Reggie Grimes. And we've all, you know, that's been one of the obvious ones. And he's been one of the spokespeople for OU, so they know how big he's he's going to have a role. So those are two guys on defense that you just sort of say, kind of like Florida last year. It's like, well, there's some guys that probably been waiting for this shot. You know, Grimes and Smith, your shot's coming Wednesday. Let's see what you do with it. Do we think that Brendan Walker has been d- concussions? I don't know. He's been he suits up random weeks and he plays special teams. That that's been his role. Okay. Yeah, the thing that sucks with uh, you know not this not being a big bowl game, we don't get that big media day where you can get anybody yeah. on the team to talk to. And I, I was looking I, at this I, earlier. I like you don't get post game locker room access either. No, no. Nope. <laughs> but it's not Zoom. But it is like two to three players, so oh. <laughs> Zoom would probably be better. <laughs> Bob giveth and carry taketh away. Yep. You know. <laughs> I like how they say two to three. Like we can't commit to three. It might just be two. The game might be that bad. You don't want to talk to three. We don't know. The the one thing that like a prevailing theme throughout the entire week has just been the fact that you know everybody that you talk to on the Oklahoma side praises the Oregon offensive line. And, you know, how Oklahoma can match up with them on what they have or don't have on the defensive line. Uh, You know, I don't think Anthony Brown's going to be somebody that can just kill you through the air. But, you know, Travis Dye certainly could rip off some big runs against Oklahoma. There's no doubt about that. This may be just old school. Like, these two teams may just run at each other 50 times. Like, they, they may just clobber each other. And not because, oh, you can't throw the ball with Caleb Williams, but just because, I mean, we've seen Oregon's, Oregon's front has some trouble when you can be physical with them. I can also see Kale Gundy throwing 60 passes in this game. <laughs> that would be awesome. 
Or at, Re- at least referencing Watson Brown, Watson Brown, we can bring back Air Gundy. No, I mean that that's going to be interesting to see, you know, what what his approach is. I would assume, you know, Demarco, Kale, uh, they've all been a part of these offenses, and Bob Stoops in charge. Like he's going to want to be closer to fifty fifty. I mean, that's just that's what Bob was over his career. He wanted to establish the run. Sure. Uh, and he wanted to, you know, make plays in the air. But I mean, he just wanted to score a bunch of points. But he believed in you have to run the ball as well. Like that. That's. I mean, go back to that being Lincoln's biggest issue, and that was something that you know Bob had to let him work out. But ultimately, Bob was always kind of standing over his shoulder, saying, "Run the ball. We got to run the ball." I just don't. I think everything that Kale is, he's that because. He's been under Bob Stoops for so long. I think he's going to know that Bob wants to run it and throw it. So I, I don't think we're going to see 60 throws, 60 passes. I really don't. Gabe and Teddy have definitely hinted towards the fact that, you know, with the formation of this offensive game plan, uh, Kale's really leaned on Joe John Finley as well as Ty Darlington and in, in trying to get up-tempo, uh, maybe run a little bit more than Oklahoma did a little. And I say run, just being more up-tempo. Uh, quicker, fast pace, yeah. maybe more what you're going to see under Levy. And I, I do find that kind of fascinating. Like, I just want to know, like, how different this thing is going to look. Will you be able to tell, uh, you know, how much are they going to get a guy like a Kennedy Brooks involved? Does even a Marcus Major get involved now uh, with with more time under his belt having coming back? So I I have like everybody keeps asking, like, what do you expect? And I have no idea. I, I truly have no idea what to expect from either of these teams. I mean, I, I look at it this way. Like, you've had as much as you would like to say, oh, okay, well, this game doesn't matter. Uh, let's just go ahead and throw in some Levy stuff while we're doing this. And maybe they did do some of that stuff. Um, but you don't really have a lot of time. I mean, you've had, what, like three practices before they left? Four practices? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. it'll be like wholesale changes. But little things, maybe going more up-tempo. And... It'd be kind of interesting to know, like, how much Kale has gone to Caleb and said, "What do you want? Like, what do you like? Let's 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 get a little bit more of your say involved as far as what you're more comfortable with." At the same time, I you know I think you can. You can go out and Marvin Mims has twenty receptions. (laughs) (laughs) It's like well, yeah. I mean, you might as well. You might as well just go out and run a game plan for the guys that you want to come back. So, like Jeremiah Hall, sorry, this game is not for you. You're done here. Like we're kissing Marvin Mims' ass today, and we're kissing Caleb Williams' ass today. If we could get Gavin Sawchuck on the field, he'd be the starting running back. I mean, I don't think that that's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I think we're, we're, we're making it too complicated. They're just going to go out there and see what they can do, what they can execute. And I'm sure that, you know, they've got a good plan together. But at the same time, you know, it's a whole different deal. And it's who knows how chaotic it's been at times trying to put this all together. I mean, having a new – you have two new coordinators. You have a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. And the, the same can be said for Oregon. Like – this game might look like a giant pile of dog shit. I mean, at the end of the day, we could end up watching this game and going, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have played that game. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, yep. I think there's a better chance of that happening than we look up and it's like, that was the best seven overtime Alamo Bowl I've ever seen in my entire life. Which, if that happens, the game might not get over until like 2.30 in the morning. Wow. Yeah, it's only going to end at midnight to begin with. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what we're going to see tomorrow night. I I think there's also a chance it could be like, you know, 50 to 40, you know, 50 to 52 to 48 or something like that. I mean, it could it could just be a track meet. This feels like an NBA All-Star game waiting to happen. <laughs> a Pro like, Bowl? Just no yep. defense, mm-hmm. just yep. people running up and down the field, crazy plays. You know, I, that that feels like what we're going to get here. Because these are two teams with a lot of talent on offense. They can they can absolutely score. What was it that Bob said at his press conference this morning? Like, they figured it up. Like, uh, like the coaches were going to like seven or eight different schools. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Like between after this two, game, two staffs. Yeah. Yep. Between between Miami, USC, Akron, and Nevada, because uh, Ken Wilson's taken over the head coaching job at Nevada for uh, Jay Norvell. Joe uh, Joe Jay, Joe Moorhead has taken over the head coaching job at Akron. Akron yeah. Mario Cristobal is obviously going to Miami, and then uh, you got Tibbs the, uh, going to SMU from. Oh yeah, SMU, and then obviously USC. It's amazing. It is it is bizarre. I mean, just the more you think about it, the more bizarre it gets, and the more this I wonder is, what we're gonna see. This game is the embodiment of the new, like, of what college football is becoming. Coaching changes, yes. opt outs. I mean, like, you name it. This game has all of them, and um, and like, and and two. I mean, two programs that were literally in the playoff chase in November. Yeah. No doubt. They should have it's like insane. a. They should at halftime since it's the Alamo Bowl and it's used to televised decisions. They should just have Caleb Williams announce if he's going or staying, and that'll determine that if he sweet. plays the second half or not. <laughs> like a like a, like a, a uh, hat during game. the game during the yeah. army games. Yeah, exactly. When we come back from There's break. Some part of me Caleb that, Williams that, will have his decision. Yeah, like he's got it set up over in the corner of the Alamo. But yes. that, that would just Bring, be amazing. Brings that his family down. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's got like a tra- like a helmet with like a transfer portal logo on it or OU. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I actually think that's what I want to happen now. I, I do want. Guys, is there a part of you that feels like players. like he's waiting for something like like in the post game like. They win, and he's gonna have like some, yeah something oh, yes something, something. like it feels like Caleb yes. is smart enough to maximize that moment rather right. than like oh I'm just gonna do it on Twitter like it feels like if they won or something or he did it in some he had a good game like he'd know like okay this is this is a moment I could do this he's gonna if, introduce if OU wins he might get interviewed by a sideline reporter this time around he might do it on TV. Oh, that'd be amazing! Do the Sam Elinger on the uh, on the podium. Um, yeah, that, that instead of "We're back, I'm back." Him announcing that he's not going with Lincoln in the first interview he's ever been able to give because of Lincoln's rules—that would be unbelievable. Be a nice big middle finger. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. He just gives the finger to the camera. <laughs> Talk about a gateway gesture. 
And then he just well, no, he, he has to say something. Down. He has to say something. Yeah, yeah. He has to be like, uh, "That's for you, T Bow." T B O W. T Bow. I think say. I'm saying T Bow. You guys have for, seen. There's a thread a on the board that is voting. There is. There's a poll. The the proper yeah is it T Bow who carries the only one that I know that does it that says it like that. And then there's. Yeah. I'm trying Tebow, to pay respect like to T Bow. I mean. Tim Tebow, I mean, he circumcised children in the Amazon rainforest. I mean, you With can't disrespect him. him. I, I absolutely can. Absolutely can. Um, you were at the 2008 National Championship. You know full well you can with the way the Florida media treated No, you cannot. That's what we learned. Don't, don't worry. You cannot, Florida, say, Florida you cannot care of say that Tim Tebow would have been the fifth best passing quarterback in the Big 12 that year, which was an absolutely true statement. Just look what at the, Tom Brenneman say, spend five minutes with him. He'll change your life forever. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I mean, right. Chase Daniels had a longer career. Like, what are we he, talking about here? Wasn't he the guy that got canceled for his comments about gay people? Uh, Brenneman was. Oh, no, yeah. it wasn't Brenneman. It was, uh, I can't remember who. Uh, it, maybe it was Brenneman. It was. was, doing the game. Yeah. was it? Nick, Nick Castellanos with the deep yeah. ball. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> yeah. yep. There's a long fly ball. Yep. There's a long fly ball. And he had, anyway, I, I didn't want to get into all that. Uh, so, by the way, uh, maybe Caleb Williams will announce that he is coming up with a rival sock company to Dead Soxy because he will lose. Um, DeadSoxy.com, go check him out. Uh, use that code BOOMER for uh, 20% off. I know, uh, what was the best Christmas present you guys got this year? Anything? Did you even do Christmas? I, I thought the bench that I got from uh, Stadium Memories was pretty cool. With the, uh, the uh, he goes and takes like the benches from the uh, stadium. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's definitely something that I'm going to put a bunch of clothes on when I get it into the uh, COVID <laughs> compound. But it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I got uh, a new suit jacket, busting it out. Oh, oh very Ooh. nice. Ooh. Like char, wow. like a charcoal type. I like. Oh. God, Bob's such a pro's pro. Like he's like, I need this jacket for for all the work stuff I have to do. I'm like, I want tools. I want to work on wood in my garage. Thanks. <laughs> I want to work on stuff that no one's ever going to see. Seriously, ever, ever. Actually, um, I saw the bunk beds. You needed tools for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did um, I, I? Mine was no question. I got a table saw that I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about. But that's saw stop. Like I said, yep. Uh, no. Uh, it's a it's a Dewalt. I, I I don't I have ne- I've never had a table saw before. So I was I started it's like a contractor the, uh, saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. I started from the baseline. So they have uh, good fences on this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty pleased about it. So, uh, but yeah, that that was kind of one of the highlights. Again, I can't even remember. It was it was either birthday or Christmas. They all kind of run together when your birthday's a week before Christmas. So you know, or what, Bob's Bob. Three two days, days later, yep. two days after, yeah. <laughs> Happy belated to Bob, to everybody out there that forgot to wish it to him. You know, message him on Twitter now. Bombard him while he walks around SeaWorld. <laughs> yeah, but if, usually at a bowl game. if you got a shit Christmas gift, uh, go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. Uh, check out the uh, the college collections. Look at Oklahoma. Uh, great socks. Uh, put in that promo code BOOMER. 
and you'll get 20% off of uh, your next order. So uh, the Maker Bayfield still in stock. So those will be some great game day socks. Go get them while you can. And appreciate our, our partners at Dead Soxy for uh, taking care of us here on the pod and uh, with our, our socks. And uh, Bob, you'll probably look a lot better wearing that suit with your Dead Soxies on. So there you go. I, I brought a pair. Very nice. Uh, okay, J- Josh, is there much going on? I mean, with all the uh, the staff changes and things, I mean, we've seen... We got a portal. We got a portal. We, a portal we got a portal edition. Portals and Canik finally uh, decommitting. That happened after the last show, right? Well, if yeah, we had uploaded the pod, Friday. we might know. It, it happened, like, right after, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Love it when you record something, it's almost immediately irrelevant. Yeah, that was the one thing okay, I remember. Yep. <laughs> that was the one thing where we like talked about it and then it happened. Like I'm just glad I didn't see any emergency pod jokes. <laughs> no, they were too busy being angry. There, there there was no there was no need for that. So um no, but really I mean, I, I would say Kanak and um you know, obviously the McCade Matower um, kid transferring in from Cal. Uh, you know, like Eddie brought up, that's a guy that started thirty games in the Pac-12. I mean, that's not that's not nothing. That's it's meaningful. And he's a kid. He's a Houston area guy. Um, I, I talked to him a lot back when he was being recruited out of high school. Uh, very solid. You know, solid guy. I, I I would expect him to absolutely come in and compete uh, to be the starting guard, probably right guard where he's most comfortable um you know kind of depending on how OU uh sees things with Tyrese Robinson still saying he may come back um you know all all that movement that is still possible so uh but yeah I mean that's a good land for OU like I said a guy with a lot of experience uh his younger brother is one of the top 2024 quarterbacks in the country um or at least in Texas Uh, a lot of early interest so you know, there is, um, there, there's a lot good that can come from that if Oklahoma wants it to, to be honest. Well, and then, I mean, is it just kind of, I mean, you went, when did the dead period start? It's like four days at, or is that, that's on signing the, day, the night before well, signing Well, it's, it's the, the Monday, the week of signing day, because okay. Sunday is a quiet period where you can be on campus, and then so Monday I even, starts the dead period. Like, I don't even know. Are they are they still in that? Are they in a quiet yeah, they're, period? Yeah, they're, they're in it until the middle January. Okay. Yep. And then they have that last three, I think, three visit weekends before yep. it, you know, before it's it's all official again. So I wonder um, if, if, like, because there's the... You know, for the juniors, their spring is when they start that stuff. Um, the official visits, I mean. Uh, I wonder if OU will be pretty front-heavy on that stuff versus waiting yeah. on a spring game for one big it, launch. It's a question we'll have to ask Venables. Like, I, when we get to the February signing period, I know so many people want like nuts and bolts. They want to ask about these specific these players, this this class, but that's a big picture item we're going to have to address with him. How is he going to handle the spring? Because we know how Dabo did it. They, they didn't do much in the spring. So what's going to be Brent's philosophy toward that? Is it going to be like Lincoln with the spring game, official visits? There's going to be some sort of com, you know, combination of the two. So there's, there's still a lot to ask Brent. So I was sort of hoping he'd be here 
San Antonio. I guess he's supposed to arrive today. So we haven't had any chance to talk with him at all, like on or off the record. So there's there's nothing that we're like hiding. From well, him. and that's the one thing that I thought was interesting that he addressed today was back to the airport. Yeah, um, was you know how how much of those guys been around? Have they been at practices? Uh, have they had any input? And and I thought that that was kind of interesting. You know, Bob's answer to that, Bob. Yeah, I, I'm. It's kind of what he said before. Is just they would observe because it's it's not fair to the previous staff. It's not fair to them to try to begin their era going about this way. But they're they're just you know they're just kind of getting a feel of everything. And I so just don't expect any Jeff Levy or Brent Venables like principles to just be thrown out there Wednesday. Because now they're there. It's just it's it's not going to happen. Like we heard Brian Odom say flat out, my job is to reduce the stress for all the guys that have stuck around that are have been gone through this this last month. So now is not the time to look for that Venables defense that everyone's hoping to see in 2022. You mean he's not flying in today to install the defense? <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was the plan if they were going to start on install tonight and then be ready to go tomorrow. It's just been weird, man. The whole thing has been weird. Um, tomorrow night's probably going to have some weirdness to it as well. But it's pretty much. I mean, I we probably haven't given Bob enough credit. Stoops, not uh, Prisbillo, but you deserve credit, Bob. Uh, but, I mean, to come in here and do that, I don't know that anybody else could have done it as smoothly as he did it. Like, if it had been like, like what if not for Bob, what would have been your other option? It would have been like Kale, probably. I, I, I think yep. the people have kind of underscored just, and I, I don't think Oklahoma fans do to a certain extent, and especially our subscribers, uh, because you know, I, they obviously know so much about the program. It's a, it's a, it's a very knowledgeable fan base, but... At the same time, I don't think that people like just the stability that Bob brought and the stability that Kale was even able to bring on the recruiting trail. I don't has it been underscored a little bit? Like I, I think that everybody, every obviously the waters are calm. Uh, you know everything that happened happened, but at the same time, like if they weren't kind of steering the ship, this shit could have gone really south. Well, yeah, really south quickly. If if not for Bob, I mean, who knows how many people they would even have available for this game? Like that that's where they would have been hit the that, hardest. That's Sunday, Monday. Yes. Yeah. That's I mean, Sunday, Monday would have been nuts with portal guys. There's no question. I mean, you talk about the opt outs they have now. They would have been triple that at least. Yeah. I mean, you're you're talking about opt outs of people that weren't even playing, probably. <laughs> I mean, you think about a guy like Latrell McCutcheon. Like, he's pretty vocal, got a vocal dad. Like, that's one thing. Like, that's the perfect example of a guy I could have seen, like, just going south and him just being soured on OU and just saying, I'm out of here. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys that I, I you, you could have made the argument to me before, you know, everything kind of stabilized itself that you go, yeah, I could see him leaving. Like Bryson Washington's a perfect example. Yeah. McCutcheon, like you said, a bunch of those guys that you kind of felt like got screwed over a little bit by, uh, you know, whether it be Grinch or Roy Manning or whoever. Uh, it, it seemed like Bob came in and was it at least gave him the thought of just let let everything play out. 
we'll see, you know, see who they hire. And then obviously they hire Brent Venables. And I think for a lot of those defensive guys, it's, it's almost uh, invigorating to see what is coming into the program, even for the cornerbacks that, you know, don't know who they're technically who their coach is going to be. Uh, or well, it's just like Woody Washington like announcing that he's coming back. It's like, I don't, if you hadn't hired Brent, that probably doesn't happen. Like if you'd sure. hired an offensive coach, I don't know how many of those guys would want to come back. And I, I thought what Stoops did a great job is knowing what type of message needed to be sent to what type of players. And you, you talk differently to the seniors than you do to the freshmen. It's like he knew how to be a counselor first for every single person and what and address their needs instead of just like this blanket statement to give to the team. So it's just just a tremendous just being in the trenches. You know, that's how I, fra- I framed it last week. Just it, We wasn't just the public face. He did everything humanly possible to help this program in that moment and still going forward. That's almost like I, 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 I can believe it, but it's it's and it's not strange, but it's interesting that Bob can still say like Lincoln is still his friend, you know, he's still friends with Lincoln because it was as bad as it was. And I don't want to rehash stuff, but like just going through this in my mind, like the reason it was so bad and potentially bad is the way that Lincoln left. Like there was a lot to clean up. Like he left a mess. I, he can say whatever he wants to say publicly. I, I think we know privately it was a little bit different. I mean, just look at what the the shit that Mark Stoops said. You can't tell. Oh yeah. Me that oh that yeah. No. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Like it. It's not all. You know, he can try to move past, and I think that that's one of Bob's great qualities is that like he's just being a leader for the university and the program as far as like everybody needs to move on. But I, I guarantee you, get a couple rock and roll tequilas and Bob, he's gonna <laughs> still tell you uh, Lincoln can f- himself. He tried to burn this thing down. Yeah, and it 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 got close to being something that was really bad, and it and it I didn't end no up doubt. being bad because of Bob. I mean, he deserves no doubt about it. A ton of credit. I mean, I, I'm not. I would never say that he's done more in like two and a half weeks than he did in 20 years. Uh, far from. But just being able to come in and stabilize, he, like, he is. For the people that might have soured on Bob at the end of uh, you know the Stoops era in Norman. Uh, he has reestablished himself as an all-time legend at the university. And it is amazing to think, like, Bob was at that same meeting that Lincoln was at when he told the team he was leaving. So, like, he's been there the whole time, and it took him longer to hire Brent than we thought it should have, and, and that hurt them. Uh, but Bob kept it from being something that hurt him even worse. No doubt. It's It's, it's been a fascinating, like... It's kind of, I was thinking about this driving down on uh, Sunday morning. It's like, it's hard to imagine that when this game kicks off, it's only going to have been uh, 27 days since all this shit happened. Like, since shit really hit the fan. And hasn't it been kind of strange, Eddie, uh, just covering Bob as long as you have? uh, And I know I've done it longer, but just his demeanor, like even in his press conference today, it's like you're seeing a different Bob. It's like diplomatic Bob. It's not head coach Bob. It's like it's almost like um, life coach Bob, if you will. It, it's incredible. Yep. It's like he is a completely different person. Like he's sitting up there, like dropping jokes, and even even uh, at the at the press conference on uh, you know that Monday after everything happened, when uh, Josie and the 
uh, Joe Harris and, and Bob talked with the media. It's like he just it, 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 all of his worry, all of his, uh, you know, uptightness, I guess. Is that the right way to say it? It's just gone. It's it, like this is the Bob that I think everybody talked about behind the scenes that they always said, like, you just got to get to know the guy. And he lets his guard down. Well, here it is. And I mean, joking around with Kersey about the tequila stuff today. It was hilarious. Like, and I, th- I think to a certain extent, Bob is really enjoying being back and kind of dipping his toe back into the waters of, yeah. of game planning and being part of the team and being in the locker room and being around the guys. It's just really cool to see. So what you're saying is Bob Stoops' next head coach where? <laughs> I, you know, it, it is funny. It's like get it started. There, there are moments where I think he could probably do this, and then there are other moments that, like, you can tell, like the recruiting stuff. I don't. As much as he enjoyed getting out and kind of being the stabilizer for the program, I don't think he wants to touch modern day recruits as far as like having to you know, kiss people's asses and do all that kind of stuff. It, it was kind of funny. It's like Gundy was talking about it yesterday. It's like he was traveling around with a rock star, basically. Like people want to take pictures. People want to take selfies with them. And it was more of like being with a celebrity than it was being with, uh, you know, Bob Stoops, who's there to recruit somebody. And I, 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 you get the sense that he's kind of, you know, enjoyed that whole media stuff with Vox too. So no, I, I he's gotten so. better and better at it as well. And I, I, I think Bob really enjoys being out there with Isaac and being out there with Drake, like yeah. just being, still being their dad, but at the same time being their coach as well. Yeah, and, and we had talked about it too. Like, you have to have a persona as a head coach that's not, you know, that is, it is a little bit more distant. You do seem a little bit more like a, a author, authoritative figure. Uh, and he just doesn't feel like he has to do that. Like that's not his place anymore. He can, he can just kind of enjoy it. And I, I think you see that it's been pretty cool. So, um, outside of anything, anything really of interest in San Antonio? Have you had any good food or anything? I do want to see him lose this shit on Thursday, on Wednesday night. Like at one point in the game, just absolutely yes. lose it. But I don't know if he can get there. Like I don't know if he'll get that jacked up. The competitive juices will definitely be flowing. But I. Like obviously not on a player, but like maybe on some like poor line judge or something. I don't. I don't think there's a question. He will get fired up at somebody for something, and it might even be a. Heck, I mean, he might get after Caleb Williams more than Lincoln Riley's ever got. Although I don't know, Lincoln Riley has he's gotten after quarterbacks before in the past. But Lincoln never got he never got onto a player like he would an official. I think who was it this year that did something stupid? It was a line. Tyrese Robinson. Tyrese Robinson. That's the most yep. he he'd ever gotten on someone. Yep. That's why this program is so soft. Well, Tyrese Robinson almost screwed up the USC deal, probably playing like that. <laughs> <laughs> the down payment had already been made on the home. Yeah, we got a Brent Venables Bob Stoops picture sent out by Oh, they all now. practice together. Yep. Amazingly, it's the one that we're not allowed at. <laughs> no, no one, no one can trust you. That's why. Um. All right. Anything else you guys want to throw out there before we get out of here? 
I know you've got SeaWorld. I do. Just Ready. just real quickly, I'll be uh, I'll be in Florida uh, the next couple of days. Oh, here, very nice. Uh, w- Wednesday and Thursday. I mean, who doesn't uh, want to be in Orlando right now? I mean, come on. Yeah, the I'm most magical pretty, place on earth. Yeah, pretty enthused about the wide, wide world of sports that I could hang out at for a couple of days. Um, but you know, fun thing that I, I get my first look at Jaden Gibson, uh, Javante Barnes as well. Uh, I get to see Kobe McKenzie. Got to see DJ Campbell, uh, the five-star offensive lineman. So there are. It's not as plentiful uh, an, an OU roster as I'm used to seeing, and obviously. Uh, you know, OU fans may not want to watch the game because there's going to be a lot of guys that could have been part of things or, you know, it, it could have worked out better. But there are there are definitely guys to watch, and we will keep an eye on that and, um, you know, just kind of have a chance to just to see, you know, like I said, Jaden Gibson, obviously OU signee late in the uh, the process. He He's the kind of guy that, that would have – that could have a big game this week, you know, big physical outside receiver – um, you know, and then Javante Barnes will make his announcement during the game on Saturday. So, uh, should be, should be a lot of fun. It definitely, just as far as the Javante Barnes stuff goes, it, it definitely feels like the, the DeMarco Murray stuff is kind of cool. Doesn't it? Since the last time that we talked, everything still feels pretty confident with Barnes in Oklahoma there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I, I'm sorry. I said, uh, Saturday, it's Sunday. Sunday. Um, yeah. yeah. The, um, but you know, it, it does. It, it feels like everything like that, you know, and we talked about it during the last pod and I know some people didn't get to hear it, but there was a feeling even at that point, like maybe the momentum is slowed on this deal. And now, I mean, that announcement would have been made if that was going to happen. I, I, I just, I don't believe, and I know Eddie at the time you were like, I don't see that happening. And it, that's what it sounds like to me. I don't, I don't have any reason to think that that's in play anymore. What, are you interested, like, just as far as, like, Jaden Gibson goes, it's, it's so fascinating to me that, like, he comes on the Oklahoma radar in basically a 72-hour period. You went from, you know, not really thinking that you had any chance, and then all of a sudden he's signing with Oklahoma one day later. I mean, the film that we got from the Rivals National folks, that is some incredible footage of a huge-bodied wide receiver. Do you go in with... Any expectations? Like, are you going to be surprised, or are you looking for anything in kind of his game? Um, yeah, you know, I, I want to see. I like any guy. I guess I, I you know, I'm I'm pretty pretty predictable. Uh, I, I want to watch his feet. That's one of those things that's really hard to see on tape. Like, you can say, "Oh, that looks good," or "This looks good," but when you watch a guy move, and especially a guy big like him, he's going to be facing some really good corners. And I mean. He's from South Florida. He he's played plenty of good uh, high school talent, but I want to watch him work against some of these quick corners that are going to play him aggressive. How does he deal with that? Can he use his body the way he wants to, or the way he'll need to? You know, because I mean they're going to be quicker and faster than he is, but can he shield them away? Can he do some of the things that he'll need to do in the college game when he's not going to be able to just outrun everybody? So we'll watch that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see that. With Barnes, I, I, I just want to watch him. You know, running back's hard to evaluate in practices, but you just want to watch, you know, how, how tough is he? Will he lower his shoulder? Will he do some of those things, even in drills? Like, I just want to watch him work and kind of see what his mindset really is, where, where he's, you know, what his level of, I guess, readiness, for lack of a better word. 
there's so much bad about evaluating running backs in a camp setting. The one good thing is that you don't have to watch for long and just because like you get pretty much all you need to know just by watching guys run through bag drills. Like, okay, I, that dude has seriously good feet or okay, he's a big dude, but he's a step slow, you know, compared yep. to it's just like I mean, I think the only running back where I was just like, Holy shit, like this kid is something is probably Joe Mixon. I mean, outside uh, of like Adrian Peterson. That, uh, yeah, that was the that's the guy I remember you and Eddie coming back from him just being like, holy crap, that guy's unbelievable. And it wasn't because that, of a, a as a runner, just he was no. the, probably the best receiver on that field in a five-star that, event. That's the best three-day camp performance I think I've probably ever seen out of somebody was Mixon in Chicago. That's still just such a weird... I still I feel, remember that, the one-handed catch on like the far end of Soldier Field... It was just like, oh my god! Like, like who how is does this he? Guy? Yeah, how does he do it? It was like the it was like the one handed catch that he had in Lubbock, in Texas, out Tech, in the yeah. flats. Mm-hmm. He's just well, a, he you guys weren't alone. I, I think he was like a fringy one hundred guy at that point. Ended up like number eight in the whole country, and I think he made. I think he became a five star after that that camp, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I mean, I remember seeing Leonard Fournette. Like, in he was impressive and he was big, but I was like. Well, he's just not quite Adrian Peterson. And, like, everybody was making him out to be the ne- the next coming of Adrian Peterson. And his career's, you know, he's been a he's been a great NFL player, but he's still not Adrian Peterson. Like, that's, that's the margin of error that's impossible to really figure out when you watch those guys in a camp setting. Yep. It, on tape, all these guys look like, holy cow. And then once you can kind of see them up close and you can get a better feel for it, the one great thing about running backs in a camp, at least you're not a linebacker. Linebackers oh in camp God. settings is the most is the meanest thing that exists in this world. It's it's the only vicious. things that happen are bad. Like it's just yes. like either you you have problems in coverage, or that's it. That's all you learn. Yep, uh, there are very few guys that go to camps and look good. One of the few ones I can remember is Baron Browning. A uh, kid that went to Ohio State from ta- from the Dallas. I remember area. being so at that good. camp. Yeah, yeah, he was very good and could really run with. And then we also guys. learned that Justin Flo is a huge asshole at camps. Oh, yeah, just trying wow. to kill people. Well, and, 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 and like Baron Browning was great, but remember the other side of it was, uh, oh God, what was the kid's name from uh, from Maryland? Signed with OU, came and played defensive end, couldn't play linebacker. Defensive end couldn't play the linebacker. Not Charles here. Tapper. No, uh, or Virginia. Uh, I can see his face. Oh, DeBerry. Ricky DeBerry. Ricky DeBerry. Ricky DeBerry. DeBerry. Ricky DeBerry. Yeah. Okay. It's like, oh, God, he, he can't, can't do this. Well, what was weird is he was invited to five stars a junior, but then wasn't as a senior. Yeah. I. Yeah, he was one of those guys. On, <laughs> yeah, and there, there's always worries, guys. I mean, you know, people fall over these guys as sophomores and then other people start catching up with them and all of a sudden they look real human real fast and it's that's kind of what that was um and OU took him and never should have and I and you know I people can bag on Mike Stoops all they want I that was there were other people pushing for that to happen and other people that fans love as a quote-unquote recruiter um no, that was Jerry, Jerry Montgomery demanded yeah. that they take him. Yep. 
that that was a huge part of it. And OU was not recruiting him. I can tell you, Josh. Like even back then, like I can't imagine like the stuff you were hearing, but like inside the staff, like the infighting that happened over Ricky DeBerry. It was amazing. Like people would, people would call like almost every day arguing that he's rated too high. Like you know, because they just yep. didn't want him. Yep, there was there was some serious infighting. I mean, it's not it, it, it that ending as weirdly as it did is not a coincidence. I mean, but the weird thing is, I things, remember he transferred to some like nickel state or something, and then didn't he like transfer again? Like he went to a pretty low division and still wasn't yeah. a factor. Yeah, something like that. Towson. Hey, Towson. Towson. That's right. That's right. We we should let Bob go. But Bob Bob has SeaWorld exploring to do. And we're, we're well, talking I think we're about good. Ricky we're good. Yeah, we're good. I think we've they, we, we, we've reached a conclusion for the pod this week. They Bruce Feldman just tweeted they've just popped the uh tonight's holiday bowl, UCLA and NC State. UCLA COVID oh, issues geez. in their D line room. Which is oh, just man. an absolute joke. I'm not gonna start in. It's just unbelievable to me that they continue to screw this up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't even want to get into it. So no Holiday Bowl tonight. Doesn't sound like it. All right, well. You get some Mucinex into uh, UCLA locker room, it sounds like. Somebody has a call. All right, um, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, Bob, enjoy uh, watching Pearl at SeaWorld today. Don't get too close to Shamu. Or whatever the whales are now. I'm not sure what their names I are. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm excited. I guess you'll just, you'll know her favorite by the stuffed animal she wants at the end. Yes, and we are staying till close. They close at 9. We are oh staying till God. Oh, God. Peace be with you, Holy that, that's, shit. That's, that's bravery. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to see the Bob is the Clark Griswold of this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just... He's the last true father. I almost have to give you a bonus for this, but it's your cho- you're doing, so I'm not. You've done this to yourself, <laughs> yes. Bob. All right, uh, that is going to do it. Uh, we Eddie and I will definitely have a, a post game uh, after this is over. I don't. Depending on how late it goes, it might be uh, Thursday. It might be early Thursday. We'll see. We'll we'll play it by ear. Because uh, those guys are going to have to get back. I, I would imagine, I'll just say this. It'll probably be recorded as they are driving back um, on Thursday. So, we can do that. Uh, that's probably just the best way to do it. So, yeah, 8 8.30 starts, is that right? Wednesday night? 8.20, I believe. 8.20 is okay. So, it's going to be fun. Going to be great seeing Bob uh, one last time as the head coach of Oklahoma. Uh, even though he's not getting sentimental about it, I might be. But you know, it's it's. I wish I'd been there to watch it, but uh, other things happen. By the way, go check out uh, SoonerScoopStore dot com. We are open for business. We have our uh, Isaiah NIL collection up. Uh, and as I've said, you know, for people that say, "Well, he's done. Why is he? Why should we buy his shirts?" Just do it for us. Uh, so we don't go broke uh, because this is a thing that we invested in all all season long. We worked to get it, you know, released. It was going to be released right after Bedlam, and then all hell broke loose. Uh, so it is up now. We have it all in stock. Um, 
Josh is just cringing right now. Uh, it's ready to be shipped out. I'm actually going over to the office to start shipping stuff out today. Appreciate everybody that has uh, placed their orders. But yeah, a lot of great stuff in there. The the stuff is really high quality. Great hoodies, great t-shirts. Uh, and uh, I know Isaiah is looking forward to getting back here for Pro Day. I think we're going to meet up Thursday um, and just kind of... Uh, I got to get some equipment back from him. Uh, but no, I mean, he did a great job on, on uh, our YouTube show this year, really helped us out a lot. So uh, it'd mean a lot to me if you just go support him, just get an autographed picture. Uh, if you don't need a hoodie or a, a t-shirt, uh, or a hat, um, we still have plenty of those available. So soonerscoopstore.com and, uh, we will have, uh, probably in another week, I'd say our unofficial 40 hats will be ready and we'll let you guys know exactly when those are available in the store as well. So uh, thanks to uh, all you guys. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Bob, for being out in San Antonio and all the great coverage with more to come uh, as the Sooners get ready, hopefully, to take on Oregon. Um, it sounds like it's a go. So I, I don't expect that the, the Alamo Bowl is going to be canceled like the Holiday Bowl. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy SeaWorld. Eddie, enjoy whatever the hell debauchery you're getting into tonight. Uh, going to see the uh, birthplace of the Knight family, Connor and Trevor. I'm going to go see where they were born as well as conceived, so it should be good. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I didn't know they gave that to her, but good on them. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll see you next time on another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.